Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Arthur Hacker was an artist, designer, writer, a historian and a collector of books, photos and postcards. His most famous creation was a little creature called Lapsap Chong, used by the government in an anti-litter campaign. Arthur Hacker was a member of the Foreign Correspondence Club and German photographer Carsten Scheel has curated an exhibition on the wall of the main bar of Arthur's work, which is on show throughout October. Non-members can also go to see it between 10am and 12 on weekdays. Jonathan Wattis of Wattis Fine Art Gallery was a good pal of Arthur Hacker. He showed me around the exhibition. We've got a lovely cross-section of pictures here, which is an exhibition that's been curated by uh, Carsten Scheel for the FCC, and he has done it um, with more or less a fresh slate, if you like, because Carsten's only knew, Carsten only knew Arthur in the last few years, so he has selected images from, from an aesthetic and also with his own view. So it's someone's view of Arthur we see on the wall, and I think the choice is made very good. Uh, now, Arthur, you knew for a long time. I did. Uh, Arthur I met uh, probably late 80s, early 90s, um, by which time he had left working for government and was out doing his own thing. Um, and at one time in the early 90s, there was a little gallery up on Cane Road where he used to exhibit some of his shows. Um, and, but he also wrote um, critiques. And so he, he came into our gallery at 89.90 and he did a review of one of our historical Hong Kong exhibitions. It wasn't necessarily very polite. <laughs> but neither was he. Neither was he. He didn't mix words. Uh, um, a, a, a great wordsmith, but in some ways uh, quite hard to understand if you didn't understand Arthur's English. Uh, he had his own style of talking um, and the nearest I could get to it was... Uh, famous personality in England called Clement Freud, who did a, an ad for dog food in, in the 70s. You know, he had this, this very growling voice like this, you know, and, and, and Arthur, Arthur also had this very kind of deep and very poignant voice, and we do remember him for that, and people do mimic him, but... Uh, yeah, so, so go on, say Arthur Hacker as Arthur Hacker would have done. Hello, my name is Arthur Hacker. What brought him to Hong Kong, do you know? He was offered a job uh, with what was then the Government Information Services to set up a design department and he, he was very heavily involved with doing design and he, he designed books, uh, for the government yearbooks, so it was an annual thing packed full of information. He helped design them from when he arrived onwards and he arrived late 67 so he may have worked on the 68 or 69 editions but then through his career he worked on that. Also he designed posters for the, the government, which had various messages. And we will see some of those as we go round. Do you know where he studied art? Yes, um, he studied um, Farnborough School of Art. and So in southern England? In southern England. And then he was at the Royal College of Art. Arthur specialised in, in printmaking, which he studied at the Royal College of Art in the 1950s. So it was a particular era. And we, we can see that reflected because he moved from the Royal College of Art and started working in Fleet Street. So by the mid-60s, he was working um, with the Evening Standard. Um, and he was also working... Um, after that with Philips Records where he designed record covers and one of the earliest pieces in this exhibition is actually a poster he did for the Evening Standard and it's, it's very pop art it's very 60s it's um, called The Plus Girls observed by Jonathan Aitken and there's a, a portrait or a, a head of a lady young lady with um, glasses with Union Jacks 
in in the lenses. It's very stylized, very much that era, which uh, Arthur was very much part of that. And if you compared some of the people he was at art college with, I mean, he was only a few years apart from people like Hockney, who are so, so important in the art world. I mean, it's totally different approach to art, but uh, there must have been similar teachers mm. at some point and crossovers. But uh, he, so he had very good training in what he did, and, and I've always, yeah, I've always liked his his work and his variety of work. Now, as a non-art expert, I mean, I look at that and I see a little bit of Andy Warhol, but that's just because it's pop art from the '60s, so that's yes. about as defined as I get. Yes, well, um, Arthur used to tell a story that pop art didn't start with Andy Warhol; it'd been around for a few hundred years. In terms of the exhibition, we have Arthur arriving in Hong Kong, and here he is. There's a group photograph, a small black and white of Arthur Chinese language course held at government training division 1969 and there's about 30 people standing and sitting who were, who were learning Cantonese I imagine for the government civil service and Arthur said later he said my Chinese was about as good as my French <laughs> I always found he had rather a mischievous humour Yes. And uh, also, uh, he also helped you in in the gallery. I mean, he was involved he, in that. He did, he did. He was... Uh, the, the sides to Arthur were... You, you had the side where he was the artist. You had the side where... Which incorporated both his own particular style of pop art and also his design side. So we've got those two different sides of his art output, if you like. But he was also a writer. And he wrote books. He wrote articles for the Morning Post and for various magazines over the years but the other side also to him was he was a collector and he collected memorabilia um, antique pictures antiquarian books and this was another side there where Arthur and I crossed over because a lot of the things he, he collected was one particular dealer who was opposite the British Library, um, sorry, the British Museum in Bloomsbury, who I'd known since the 70s and Arthur had known since the 60s, now retired, of course, long gone. But he used to find the most amazing things um, on, on the Far East. So he used to buy all sorts of things from government servants who passed... Um, gone back to England or um, and, and, and he, he found a treasure trove of things relating to, to, to here which, which Arthur collected and collected and collected so when I had met Arthur after a while I discovered he had this incredible collection of books, photographs drawings um, and all sorts of memorabilia um, in, including you know uh, the visitor's book of a particular... Pope Hennessy, one of the governors, I think in the 1880s, he had the visitor's book with all the signatures and various dignitaries, you know, came to Hong Kong. He had all this amazing stuff. A lot of it was unique, um, incredible collecting. So so I, that, that's the sort of side that I kind of deal with, but also running a gallery, I've had an exhibition of Arthur's work as well, which is, was, was very uh, good fun. And, uh, of course, the one thing that he's very famous for out of all of this... Is Lap Sap Chung. And um, Lap Sap Chung, there's, there's, there's a green model of Lap Sap Chung, which is one of the uh, things that was rescued from Arthur's flat, um, which is still around, which is a marvellous little um, cartoon character, a rather uh, stout figure with a large protruding nose and rather nasty spots all over him, the sort of thing that might r crawl out of a drain. Um, you know, in a Top Cat film or something. It's very, very, you know, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Now, Lapsap Cheung was supposed to be something that uh, you were repulsed by or you were frightened by. 
in order for you to clear up your rubbish. Absolutely. Um, and so the message was taken across Hong Kong and, and, and obviously they, they had a big ceremony where, with uh, the army involved where they launched balloons in front of Hong Kong Bank which exploded and they had uh, um, late young... Uh, on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> and they had young ladies in miniskirts running around clearing everything up. And Arthur would comment on that and, you know, you not much detail <laughs> left out. Uh, but, a, but, a, but a fabulous way to launch this campaign to keep Hong Kong clean. Yes, it, we've got... Uh, he did uh, include the miniskirted young women in his poster campaign yes. so the idea is to clear up rubbish so did uh, this was a time was it just a matter of rubbish or was this a case of rats and, and other problems in Hong Kong in the 1970s uh, that's a good question I imagine yes uh, I think that generally there was uh, rubbish being left around the place and people weren't very good at putting rubbish into dustbins so there were problems with dustbins and uh, there weren't many public dustbins so I think this was a whole thing bringing dustbins in and getting people to put the dustbin uh, things in the right place now lapsat chung for me is always a slightly sort of like rather cute mini dinosaur so how did this advertising campaign slightly backfire I think probably because then, then he became a very likeable character. And, uh, you know, instead of being this horrible, slimy uh, gremlin, he became a sort of almost lovable household pet. And you could have kind of mass-produced them like Barbie dolls and everyone would have bought one, a parking shop or something, you know. <laughs> Having said that, I'm sure that the, the message would have actually made even more of an impact by the fact that they, they liked his uh, drawings there. Now, you were saying about uh, his collections. You've got one here that's Hong Kong. Kong's new definitive stamps. Was that another of his illu uh, print illustrations? What we have is very interesting. We have two pictures side by side. One is a poster of Hong Kong's new definitive stamps, which have uh, portraits, silhouettes of uh, Queen Elizabeth with dragons and lions either side. Um, and uh, this was issued by the GPO. Um, and to the left of it, you have one of Arthur's works in progress, which is mixed media. So what we have is a, a fountain pen which he's drawn, but he's cut it out and he's superimposed it on, onto a piece of paper. And you've got a curlicue study of a hand, and then the pen is drawing and designing the stamp. Now, Arthur designed, I believe, about 16 stamps in his time, so he was a stamp designer as well. So those are really quite collectible, and there are those people in Hong Kong who collect stamps. So he's quite a, a well-known figure locally for not only Lap Sap Chang, but also the fact that he designed so many things that were uh, relevant to Hong Kong in the 70s and 80s, including stamps. Now, in terms of uh, Arthur's work, you say, so he worked at the Government Information Service, now the ISD, uh, for all of his career, did he, or uh, a good part of it? Well, from 1967 through till um, the, um, the 80s. And, uh, but, but he was also uh, a member at the FCC and a very noticeable member because of his voice and his raucous laugh. You know, if he, if he exploded into laughter, everybody turned, could turn around and knew he was laughing the other side of the bar. And what we have in front of us here is a wonderful drawing where he's, he's, he's done all these studies of various people at the bar, various well-known characters, and he's also incorporated all sorts of other people in it. So you've got people from the press, you've got somebody from uh, the Chinese Communist Party, you've got Rule Britannia, you've somebody doing a radio interview, you have people who uh, look a little bit unwell, tired and emotional, um, and then you've got Arthur toasting them all in the corner with a kind of rather porkish yeah. smile. Yeah, in the corner here we've got very much a couple of examples of what I call his curly cue work, but I'm sure there's a more formal title for it. 
This is interesting because when Arthur was doing his book in, in 19, um, 1976, the um, Hikers Hong Kong, you know, interviewed, pe people put him in a box. He said, people in Hong Kong as village, you know, people like to put you in box. So they put me in the box, which was cartoonist. He said, but my work was really pop art. And you could see that early on with the, 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 the 1960s poster. But, but his pop art, he drew in a particular style, and he had all sorts of messages that came across and all sorts of historical things that went on. So he was very good at that. This one we're looking at in the top here was not in his book, but it's, again, it's, it's his pop art. What it is, is it's, it's, it's a sort of rather tall bar girl with a chongsam who's picking the pocket of a rather stout, rather portly, probably Englishman with a moustache... Um, who's sitting drinking his his martini cocktail? And he probably doesn't even realise it's happening. And the, the caption is "I've been shanghaied," uh, and is very amusing. Um, this shows the influence of one of Arthur's favourite cartoonists on the China coast, uh, who was called Friedrich Schiff, who was working in the 1930s, and he did various drawings of bar girls in in Shanghai in the 1930s, and he also did murals for bars in Shanghai, and so very hard to find any original pictures of those murals he did but, but the irony was that he did that in the 30s Arthur also did murals for a strip club in Soho in London so there was an affinity with them and and we did a we did an exhibition in um in 2005 on Shanghai and Arthur designed the book and within the book he incorporated a lot of these shift characters the, including these beautiful uh, ladies, should we say, of Shanghai uh, in the 30s and, and various other things that were from Schiff's work. There's one drawing in 1986 that um, is a different take on women. It's not a bar girl, it's not a languid lady, it's a very action-packed looks like kickboxing or something similar of, of two women. I think it's Thai kickboxing. I think this is one of the subjects he, he did a little bit of, but uh, what, what's very clever, I mean clearly these ladies, uh, one, one, one of them looks like a punk, um, and he did do drawings of punks as well. Um, again, fairly scantily clad lady punks uh, sometimes, but these, these two are, but, but what he gets with his, 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 his minimal use of line is this great sense of movement. In, in, in the drawing you've got uh, these two fighting that one's the huge big flying kick and another one's parrying it with her arm and but you get a sense of movement very clever my thanks to jonathan wattis showing me around the exhibition arthur hacker mbe life and work curated by carsten shale and on show at the foreign correspondence club until the end of october thanks for listening and join me next week on hong kong heritage